Hi everyone, and welcome to the 210th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hello. Churro! What's up? It's here! What's here? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Is it really? Yes! Look, I'm, I'm speaking in relative terms. This is 2020. We've got to take what we can get. I mean, considering the Rumble's out of the year, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, that's probably the best part. It's the most wonderful time because we're at the exit. Yep, indeed. I bet. And yeah, I love Christmas. You know, I love when the weather's cold and, and you know, it's all frightful. But everything's so <laughs> yeah, delightful. Frightful. frightful and delightful. It's been frightful and delightful here. Oh, my goodness. Every day it's been getting so cold. Actually, colder than it usually is. Like, yeah, I would yeah, say just in general sometimes it's getting as cold now as it would be in like mid-february which is normally like the coldest it gets so i'm a little bit over there no but i'm i would not be surprised if we had a white christmas this year and i'll just say personally being a florida boy for most of my life i've never had a white christmas ever (laughs) neither have i yeah well Uh, yeah you're California, a, same boat. I'm a SoCal boy, so basically, yep. Yeah, no snow. So, yeah, the possibility of that happening is uh, going up. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm I currently completely in Celsius mode right now, but I'm just, like, looking at this coming week, and some of the lows I'm seeing is 1, 0, 3, 2, 3, and uh, yeah, zero degrees Celsius, that'd be about what you need. If you have precipitation, you could get snow at that point. So, like you, maybe I'm the kind of person that I like, I like seeing snow, I don't like being in snow. And unfortunately, in Japan, there's a lot of walking that must be done. <laughs> Gotta walk everywhere. So if it's snowing and and we're still in school and I have to walk to work like I always do, there's a good chance I'm walking in that snow. I mean, even even on a normal day, I gotta go walk to the grocery store or the convenience store. So yeah, I would kind of appreciate uh, any snow here to be short lived and maybe more distant. There you but, go. But uh, yeah. Anyway, for you new folks. Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Union. So we have a two-segment show today. We have a news segment and a question segment. So uh, we haven't had a question segment in a while so i thought yeah this would be a great uh, time to come back to that and yes we actually do have things that are news really yes even though last podcast we said there would be no news we do have some things that i don't know maybe oh okay maybe the actual title for this segment is not news but more like uh is this news (laughs) question mark it could be news question mark 
well, some of it's actually news, but then it's like, is this does is this related to Kingdom Hearts <laughs> news? Yeah, so we've got stuff that is related to Kingdom Hearts that may or may not be news, and then we have stuff not related to Kingdom Hearts but is news. So you you guys can be the judge of that. Uh, anyway, in the way of announcements, as always, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion if you guys like the show. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode. We got a big list, Jero. Let's see what we can do. Uh-oh. Nahika Blaui. Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namejin. Guide Seeker. Billy Jackson, who is at underscore Billy Jackson. Miles Ribbons. Michael Graham. David Calro. Barry Norton, who's at Norton Zero. Thorn Bullen, who's at Massacre 23. Yannick Nod, who's at Yannick Nod. Tori Patrick. Freya Stella. Vaez Bilal. Flip Sire Nuss. Louis James. Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes 22 on Twitter. And Churro, if you could take these last ones. We have Zach Toronto, Yam Potato, Rachel Casterson, who's at Uber Noon Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Noel Latrail, Sam Ennis, Horizon, Chris Willis, Joshua Jackson, who's at The Cancer Bus, Lauren Luscombe, Tim Michael Verne, who's at Phoenix02. S.A. Ma- Michael Lulu and Timmy Turner's Babysitter, which I like. That's a, that's a great one to add to the list of funny uh, funny uh, executive producer names. Love it. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And so I got some big announcements to make. I think I'll make my other uh, my first big announcement first, and then I'll get to the other big announcement second. First big announcement. I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, but this is going to be our last Kingdom Hearts Union for the for the year. Oh no! It's the last one. So uh, yeah, after this, uh, we'll, we'll take a, a a slight break, but we will be back at the beginning of uh, of next year, twenty twenty one. Um. Uh, but yeah, uh, just just so you know, this is going to be the last one of the year. So I hope you enjoy this one. Uh, and next, the the big announcement. As of this episode, as of right now, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory spoilers are fair game on the podcast from this yeah, point first. forward. So we could just say anything, such as... <laughs> Uh, Kyrie Sora, Kyrie <laughs> or uh, Master Xehanort was in it, <laughs> or uh, oh, uh, the 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 world that uh, Verum Rex is from is called Quadratum, which means it's like four something. Like, I mean, I mean, it's square. like a square. Okay, it's I looked it up, and it's like a it's like a type of square that's used in masonry, and it's it's very specific. But yeah, it's a square. And you know what else is square? Enix. There you go. And you know you know what else is square? four sides and the number four and hey isn't that great 
that the the number four, which is frequently uh, represented by the uh, what do they, what do they call that uh, uh, a prefix? The prefix of quad. Isn't that funny that that's the name of the the the, the city? That a a prefix that frequently refers to the number four uh, is the prefix of this town. I wonder why. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, we could talk about uh, Melody of Memory spoilers now. I'm sure most of you have already seen all of it. I mean, there's not much to see. So, I mean, you, uh, could, you, could, you could beat the game very quickly, too. Yeah, you could beat the game very quickly. You could literally just be like a lot of people and watch it on YouTube. <laughs> Yep, there you go. I'm, and uh, see see everything you need to see in less than an hour. We're talking more like uh, 30 to 40 minutes. I mean, majority, I would say 95% of the game is like a recap. Yeah, exactly. But the last 5%, basically, it's basically the recoded of modern times. Exactly. It's, it is absolutely the recoded of modern times. I would, I would personally say it's a little better than recoded, because recoded, it's literally like the new story content's about like three minutes. <laughs> So it's an improvement. It's about ten times more content than recoded. Yep, but already. you could also argue that, well, at least with recoded, even though most of the story wasn't important, at least most of the story was new. You know, all the stuff like diving into the data and data Riku and all that. At least that was new story. Whereas in the case of Melody of Memory, it's literally just that last part that's new. Yep. Yeah, so that's a little uh hmm. Well, I like that. You know, you can listen to our last couple of episodes if you if you want to get our full uh opinions on the situation. I loved uh Melody of Memory for what it is and uh yeah, it's great. So uh yeah, Melody of Memory spoilers, they're fair game from now on. So you don't have to worry about uh or that or do worry, I guess. Uh so yeah, moving on to the news. Our first bit of news is Definitely news. Definitely will affect Kingdom Hearts, albeit indirectly. So uh, th- th- this actually came up before, but uh, we never actually had a chance to talk about it. But I, I-, I do want to talk about it now. So Square Enix has announced that as of December, as of this month, its Japanese studios will be able to do work from home. And this change will be permanent even after COVID-19. This is a permanent change to how Square Enix will operate as a studio. This is a big change, Charo. It is a big change. Especially for a company that's, you know, generally so secretive. I'm really, I'm really impressed. I'm I'm impressed and pleasantly surprised. I I approve of this change. Uh, Basically, uh, what they said in the announcement is that uh, they intend to promote a better work-life balance for their employees, and uh, through these uh, through this new way of uh, of working, Uh, they expect that from now on uh, that eighty percent of their staff will be functioning uh, as this in this work-from-home mode. Now, it's not 100% work-from-home. According to the uh, press release, the way they want it to work out is that 
three days out of the week will be work from home and then two days out of the week uh they'll come into the office i'm assuming probably for meetings and stuff like that so it will be sort of like a hybrid approach but i'm just like thinking you know generally speaking of all the benefits that could happen here like you know if you think about even just in three days out of the week if you have if you remove things out of that that employee's day such as uh their commute to work them having to you know get all ready in the morning you know they could work in their pajamas for for all they care or if they got to get on a zoom call throw on a uh, throw on a hoodie real quick and get on the zoom call like it's not a big deal so it's it's pretty pretty interesting the way that 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 uh that shakes out and i also do like the idea that at least two out of the two two days out of the week they will be meeting in the studio so you will still have that team building aspect you'll still have the ability to have proper meetings and stuff like that anything that is like critical to do like literally at the building can be done i would love to do that (laughs) right it's really he's got to sleep in and uh right a little bit longer and then work from home and Absolutely. Yeah, I've been uh I've been thinking about this a lot cuz I mean, you know, this news uh subject has uh, you know, it it came out last month in in reality. We just haven't had a chance to talk about it. But I've been thinking about it cuz at least in my situation, you know, I'm going to be um uh doing as they say in Japan, shushoku katsudo from next year, which is uh uh what we call job hunting and you know, in my situation, I'm going to be entering the working field in Japan during the pandemic. So there's a strong chance that the next company that I work for, I might start on with this sort of system, depending on where I go. And, you know, I'm just thinking about it personally. And I I was always kind of worried personally, like, especially since for me, I'm looking to transition from the, uh, you know, me being an English teacher now to working in the video game industry, uh, specifically for 3D character art. And I was always kind of like a little worried about starting on starting at a studio under these conditions, because it's like, you know, imagine this, Churro, imagine you're changing your career and it's your first day of work and you roll out of bed and you sit in your computer chair and you're at your job now. It's like, it doesn't feel like you achieved what you were looking for. I don't know, at least for me, like that kind of situation, it doesn't feel like, did I make it? <laughs> did, did I do what I came here to do? Is this what I wanted, Adam? It's, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I literally imagine, like, if it's, like, super remote, remote, like, what if I just, like, never left the apartment that I'm currently in and I just stay living in Nagasaki and I literally just, like, all right, come home from work after after I came from my last day at school, go to sleep, roll out of bed, sit in the same chair I always sit in and, like, all right, now I'm working at this game studio. <laughs> It's like, that's not going to feel any different. So I do like the idea under this kind of situation that, okay, some of the days out of the week, I would at least get to go to the studio and meet the people there. 
Like, imagine, like, working at Square Enix and, like, after all these years, like, oh, man, I get to work at Square Enix. I'm going to meet uh, all these people that, like, you know, uh, work on the, the Kingdom Hearts games. Oh, my God. Let me meet Tetsuya Nomura. And then, like, instead of that, it's just like, oh, no, I don't get to do any of that. I At best, I might get a company email that... I might be copied in that Nomura may be sent. And then you just see him in a Zoom call. Yeah, see him in a Zoom call. It'll just be like, uh, but I won't see him in a Zoom call. I'll just see his username in the Zoom call. Because he's not getting on camera. You know him. Basically, he's have like a tape over the camera. It's a tape over the camera. It's just uh, it's just his avatar. Of, it's just a cheery the avatar. There you go. Yeah, so I, I I I like this kind of setup. It's it, it seems like it's it's very flexible and, but also considerate of the value of working in in the studio in the actual main building itself. So, I find that to be pretty pretty neat, and yeah, just like you know, think about this, Chiro. You know, you know, going to work every single day. What if you could cut out the commute time? out of three of the days you go to work. Like think of all the time you would get back. And not only is it like you're cutting the commute time, it's not that you're cutting the commute time and then giving it to the studio. You're cutting the commute time and that's your free time back. Like that's so awesome. Imagine how much gas I would save. Right? Save money. I mean, the downside would be like, okay, throughout the day, you'll be using your own air conditioning and your own lighting. I don't know if it'll sort of uh, cancel each other out, but there's definitely a lot of really great stuff in this kind of system. So I highly approve. Uh, I I will bring up another uh, news story that this one's even older, but it's kind of like almost like a reaction. Like this is almost a reaction to that old news story was... um, I want to say it was like maybe in September, uh, Yosuke Matsuda, the current CEO of Square Enix, was talking about how uh, the pandemic has negatively affected their production of of new video games. That basically any games that were like really far along in production were fine. Any games that are kind of like early in production are also fine. But any projects that are mid-production they have apparently greatly struggled because they didn't know how to cope with the whole work from home situation. And uh, I guess after announcing that and talking about that uh, experience uh, since then, you know, a a lot of action has been taken to prepare for a world where work from home is not just, uh, response to COVID, but actually a part of Square Enix's identity going forward. So I think it's really interesting. I, I wonder, you know, what, how that could affect, you know, things like privacy in the future. Um, I don't know if you heard, Cheryl, about the uh, big leak that happened out of Capcom. There's like that huge, like, data leak where uh, terabytes and terabytes of data were discovered uh on capcom servers uh we're talking like like future plans of what their games are going to be uh we're talking like employee information 
like a lot of big stuff a lot of bad stuff was uh unearthed uh and unfortunately it was through a work from home kind of situation that this happened and i'm kind of uh, i'm hoping that you know since so square enix announced this i want to say like a couple of weeks after what happened to capcom i'm hoping that the fact that they were still able to be confident and confidently announce that this is the direction that they were going and that they're implementing it as soon as literally the month after, literally this month, um, assuming that if that's the case, that they feel confident in their security protocol, however they're going to handle that situation uh, going forward. So, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting how... You know, you know, this is a huge change for them, and yeah, I, I, I'm I'm excited to see how that works for them. Uh, in the press release, they specifically stated that this is open to uh, Square Enix in Tokyo, Osaka, and Luminous Productions, which is you know working on Project Athea. So I, I don't think there has been any announcements for any of their uh, Western studios, like. IDOS, Crystal Dynamics, and all those guys. But yeah, really, uh, really big difference. I, I hope that'll uh, mean good things in the future for uh, for for Kingdom Hearts. At the very least, yeah, the idea of better work life balance. Like, could you imagine? Like, you know, maybe you've got like a young adult that is like raising a family, and like maybe. The typical nine to five doesn't work for them, but maybe like uh, a later time works for them. Like maybe them working from like, I don't know, three to 11 or something like that. Maybe that works for them just fine. And they can make that sort of stuff work. Like there could be a lot more flexibility in things like scheduling and that sort of thing. So I'm I'm really uh, excited for that stuff. So next bit on my list, this this is uh, definitely Kingdom Hearts related, directly related to Kingdom Hearts. I'm just not sure if it's news. I guess, Churro, you can be the judge if this is news or not. I think some mm-hmm. of it is news because it's information we didn't know before. But uh, I'll let you be the judge, Churro. You always know best. All right. So basically, Yokoshima Moro has been doing an advent calendar sort of situation for melody of memory where basically every day from December 1st to through December 25th, she will talk about one song in, in detail or she will give a piece of trivia about several songs throughout her career, several songs that are interesting to her throughout her career and uh, there are a lot of really great uh, ones that were covered in this. And yeah, I just want to talk about those real quick. So uh, first one we got here is Another Side. So you know me. You know how yeah, I love. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know I had to put this on the list. I know, I know. And actually, it's when I saw this that I thought, okay, we got to talk about this on the podcast. When they talked about another side. So, but don't worry. I put it first so we could get through it quickly. But basically, uh, her uh, what she had to say about another side was that uh, this was the last song that I wrote while working under Square before I became a freelancer. 
I made it while viewing the secret movie's mysterious world. To Akira, uh, the piano opening of the song had an Organization 13-esque feeling. So after that, it would become part of the official theme for Organization 13. So I'll take this as meaning... Oh, uh, by the way, uh, translators know, uh, according to Cage 13. By the way, this, these translations are coming from Cage 13. Thank you for them. Uh, basically, they're saying that uh, Akira is a nickname that they're using to... That the staff uses to refer to Tetsuya Nomura. Weird. Now, this is the first time I've ever heard of anybody calling him Akira. Same here. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard some cute ones in the past, like Techang and like stuff like that. But I've never heard Akira. But I think, yeah, I don't know. But that, that that's cute, Akira. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, th- this is interesting. So yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Churro, wasn't Kingdom Hearts Final Mix the last title released while they were still Squaresoft? Yes. Yeah, I believe because, that was the case. Because when, I believe when Final Mix was released, it was released uh, under um, Square Enix. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Final Mix was still SquareSoft, and then the first Square Enix title was Ten Two. I think you're right. Okay, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I that would, was the case. I would dig my game out, but it's, like, it's too late. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, this is the last, last one under SquareSoft, and then the first Square Enix game, at least the one, that, the first one I know of, was Ten Two, which. There was there was a 10-2 trailer uh, on the final mix disc. I, I do remember that. So yeah, so that's oh man, that's so awesome. So uh, yeah, this was the last song that she wrote while working at uh, SquareSoft as a SquareSoft employee. And after this, she went on to become a freelancer. Now, something I really think is so amazing is that. This is not the first time that a famous square composer decided to go freelance. Namely, Nobuo Uematsu from Final Fantasy fame. But if you compare the relationship of Nobuo Uematsu to Square Saw or Square Enix and the relationship of Yokoshima Mora to Square Enix after becoming freelance, it definitely seemed like, yeah, the relationship that Yokoshima Mora had with, uh, you know, the Kingdom Hearts team and all of that has been a lot stronger. And yeah, I, I guess like maybe Uematsu was like just burnt out or maybe just, you know, there was just something not right there in, in his relationship at that point. So I just think it's super cool that like, when Yokoshimomura decided to go freelance, it definitely just seemed like purely a business decision and not a, not for personal reasons. Because even after that, like if you look at all the credits on the games that she works on at Square Enix, like you almost wouldn't know that she was con because she she just works with them so much. So 
I definitely feel like, man, the, the it, it, it was such a great decision for her to go freelance. Like it, it definitely freed her up to, you know, work on other projects as well. Of course, worked on a lot of great games, but I think it's just super cool to see that. Yeah. They still have such a great relationship even to this day. All right. So next I want to talk about, let's see if I can get the, <laughs> the quote for this one. Uh, Rowdy rumble from kingdom hearts two. I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, so Rowdy Rumble is that what it's like a song that plays for a lot of like battles in Kingdom Hearts 2. Specifically, I'm gonna describe something very specific, Churro, but I know you're gonna get this. It's the kind of battles that happen that aren't necessarily a boss fight, but it'll be like a bunch of Heartless that show up and then like a glowy door blocks your path and you have to kill all those heartless in that area before you can move on like that kind of situation happens all the time in kingdom hearts 2 this is the kind of song that plays during a lot of those so uh basically what she says about this song is that it uh, a song i wanted to make because i wanted to tackle a battle song that sounds the same as the world song, but with its uh, phrases slightly different, but with phrases slightly different. Due to a mishap of mine, the demo version of this song was played at an event before it was completed. I turned white as a sheet in the event hall. Laughs. So, there's a lot to unpack here. First, I, I want to unpack the first part of her talking about she wanted to make a battle song that sounds the same as the world song uh, with slightly different phrases. Uh, I don't think we've gotten that in Kingdom Hearts yet to this day, but this concept that she was thinking about here with Rowdy Rumble has finally been achieved with the Final Fantasy VII Remake soundtrack which, by the way, just uh, won uh, uh, Best Soundtrack of the Year at the Game Awards. Congratulations. So, basically, that, that that's how the 7 Remake soundtrack is, is that the battle, the battle theme is just a variation of the world theme. And it sort of, like, dynamically blends in and out. It's pretty cool if you, if you haven't played uh, 7 Remake yet. Um... But yeah, speaking of this last part, I think, Churro, you might potentially have experienced this. Uh, Due to a mishap of mine, the demo version of this song was played at an event before it was complete. So for those of you who don't know uh, what a demo demo version of a song is, it's basically, I mean, probably self-explanatory, but basically when composers are working on uh, songs and they're making songs, uh, they'll... They'll create what is known as a demo version that uses the same composition as what they intend to do for the final. And there's, but they're still figuring stuff out. There's, it's still very basic. They're just working with the chords and the melody. Uh, they have some basic instrumentation, maybe some basic percussion, but it is not the final arrangement. It's not the final version with all the different layered instruments it's not really that special of a song at that point. It's mostly just the core idea of the song. 
it very well might have like bad synths like synths that aren't very good yet like because at that point it's not that important it's basically if we're talking from an artistic standpoint like 2d art it's like the equivalent of a sketch it's like a sketch version of a song and yeah i guess due to what she's describing as a mishap of her own uh i guess she provided the team that version of the song the demo version of the song and unfortunately they included it at some in in an event at some point uh before it was complete and yeah she was really embarrassed now i know both you and i Churro, were very active during that time covering news uh through that time period and thinking back on it uh we were talking about before the show thinking back on it uh, i think we kind of figured out maybe when this might have happened and i think it was an event that you were at churro or or at least it may have been included in a demo that you might have played churro and so this was back in i believe 2005 i think that was the first time there were kingdom hearts 2 demos in the public and you went to uh, Comic-Con shortly after E3, which had the same demo. And your demo included, I think it was two worlds, right? It was uh, the Mulan world and also Olympus Coliseum. Yes, it, it was. Yeah. So, so, there's so a I, there's a good chance that this song might have played, right? I, I mean, back then, you know, Kingdom Hearts 2 was still unreleased in, yeah uh, you know in the west so uh it, plus that was 2005 yeah so well it's 15 years ago and my memory ain't the best memory yeah, yeah, anymore. yeah and i mean so, like the convention hall would have been really loud so yeah there's a lot of people like gushing over the fact that they're playing a kingdom hearts 2 demo before you know everybody else is so yeah there's that too yeah, I also wonder. Uh, now that I'm thinking on it, Churro, wasn't was there a demo at TGS 2004? I believe so. If anything, it'll probably been, okay. Probably been maybe, like behind closed doors or something. Maybe this is the yeah. I guess maybe thinking back on it, maybe this was actually the event she was referring to. Because like thinking about it now. Like, the demo that you played, it was still pretty early, and there was a lot of stuff that was, you know, slightly different than the final release, but that was still technically the release year, like 2005. It came out that year, so maybe the 2004 one? I know for sure at E3 2004 there was no demo. Yeah. And there there obviously wasn't any demos during uh 2003 because it was announced at tgs 2003 and then the next time we saw it was not until e3 2004 so i think it might have been possible i think there might have been a demo at tgs and i think there was maybe another demo at jump festa that year jump festa probably yeah been so, long. so it's it's possible it could have been one of those two but yeah it's been it's been a long time i have very 
specific fleeting memories like i don't remember everything of that time but i do remember like a lot of the highlights like i think i remember probably some of my memories about covering kingdom hearts 2 news back then i remember that way more than going to school every day (laughs) and like my friends at school (laughs) it just shows how how big a deal it was in my life at that time i was like really focusing working really hard on uh, kh2.co.uk. That's how it was it, me, but except replace school with work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, moving on from there, we got uh, Rage Awakened from Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. So this is a song that sh- uh, she says she's honored, has been used multiple times uh, in promotional videos, and uh, when she gets requests to do music for a secret boss, she's always... Uh, you know, she's always like bewildered because they're always referred to as like mysterious man. Like they're never re- really like given a name. So she always has to like rack her brain. And she says, I'm always going like, who are you? Who the heck are you? While she's writing the song. <laughs> I find that hilarious. But yeah, that's that's totally relatable. Like, uh, you know, Zemnus in Kingdom Hearts 1 was literally just called unknown. So or the enigmatic man so there was really nothing that she could go on i mean he got his costume design but that's it uh yeah and then the next one i think this next one is another one that churro you might have some memory of uh so this one is uh from her day three of the calendar wave of darkness one uh so this was performed live at the world tour orchestra in 2017 in los angeles and she says she still has vivid memories of everyone's reaction to the surprise trailer and oh okay so this one i i don't think this translation is a, a is the same as the official one basically in the official one on the kingdom hearts twitter uh they basically said that um let me see if i can grab that one real quick Okay, yeah. So here's the official translation that Kingdom Hearts at Kingdom Hearts has on their page for this one. Uh, this was performed alongside the trailer at the LA show of the 2017 orchestra concert. The trailer was a surprise shown after the main performance had ended. Some of the audience didn't realize and had started to leave. So the conductor shouted, excuse me, at them from the stage great memories lol now churro you were at that concert do you remember the conductor shouting at people that were trying to leave early yeah i I remember how to tell everybody around me to like stay put yeah (laughs) because because basically you know the i mean that's where they call it surprise trailer yeah because nobody you know if you're a screen you know score enix fan you know what you know you expect something to happen at the end of something yeah but like I know, I realized there were some people who were really, uh, really willing to leave, like right after the last song played, and um, and we're like, no, I was like, no, don't go. And then you know, I heard the conduct the conductor say that, and I was like, see, told you, just just stay put. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Whether or not it was Kingdom Hearts fans that were trying to leave, I think you gotta you gotta keep in mind these are probably people you know video game fans that aren't used to 
going to concerts and etiquette and that you don't leave until it's really over and they tell you you can leave that that it's rude that you if if you leave early this is not just like uh you're watching you're you know probably the closest thing they have to this experience is like going to a movie theater and watching a movie you know there's live people in front of you that work really hard on this like it's super rude if you just like leave in the middle of it yeah i find that hilarious and then uh yeah the uh, last one for this discussion is there's one for sora uh and by the way there, there will be more of these uh obviously we can only read up to the point that they've been translated but uh uh well up into the point they've been released so uh originally sora's theme had a completely different melody but when I had to make the staff roll and reach a certain phrase, my mind went, this can't be anyone but Sora. I guess you could say that Sora popped in my head at that moment. And so it became Sora's theme. So I guess at that point they had already made the staff roll. So maybe Sora's theme was like one of the last songs to be made. I guess that's kind of what I'm getting out of this. Cause, uh, I guess originally he had a different melody for him, but then part of the staff role sounded like Sora to her. So she changed it. Yeah. I'm not so sure how I feel about that, to be honest. Cause like, I, I'm personally not the biggest fan of Sora's theme. I like Riku's theme and Kairi's theme a lot better. I feel like they're a lot more heartfelt and Sora's theme is kind of just like a little one-dimensional, just happy-go-lucky and that's about it. Well, that's what Go- best describes him. I know, and I always want more out of his character. I think that's the problem is I always expect Sora to be more than he actually is and not just, you know, the happy-go-lucky Ash Ketchum like character that he actually is. I always want more for him. I want character development, but yeah, I don't know. I guess the imagination of how I expect Sora to be and the reality of what Sora is thought of to be like the people by the people that make him, uh, I guess might be a bit different. But I think it's pretty cool and, and pretty interesting that, yeah, it got all the way to this point of them and the staff role that they finally changed it to what would finally be the final theme. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, that's uh that's all the uh, advent calendar uh stuff uh that uh Shimomura uh released. Uh moving on from there, I do have a couple of other news bits. They're not <laughs> really directly related to Kingdom Hearts at all. I just thought I would throw them in here just right at the end cuz I thought they're pretty interesting, especially for people listening to the show. First bit of news is that Unreal Engine 4.26 has finally released. Now, I'll just say real quick, the way Unreal Engine does its numbering scheme, it might make you think like, oh, 4.26, that's that's not very far. That's not very close to five. No, no, no. It's very close because this is actually the last Unreal Engine 4 release before five, the last, last big release before uh, they release uh, Unreal Engine 5. And the 2.6 after 4.26 is not 4, it's not like 4.2, like basically four and a quarter. It's not like that. The 2.6 is literally, it's the 26th release of Unreal Engine 4. 
So since 2014, they had 4.1, 4.2, 4.3, 4.4, all the way till 4.10. Not 4.10, but 4.10, 4.11. So this is 4.26, not 4.26. So, yeah. So basically, this is the final release of Unreal Engine 4 before they officially call it Unreal Engine 5. Um, so, yeah, we're not too far from... Uh, next gen game engines and that will probably have a big effect on uh any studios that are you know using unreal engine to make their games for example the kingdom Hearts staff final fantasy 7 remake staff etc so excited to hear that uh they're on schedule and last but not least uh playstation 5 despite most people that want it not having it has sold a lot it has sold so many units. It sold uh, in the short amount of time that it's been out, uh, apparently uh, uh, almost uh, 2 million units by now. And that makes it the fastest selling video game system in the U.S. of all time. And wow. the last system to hit this uh, record, to break this record was the PlayStation 4 back in November of 2013. So this just goes to show you, Churro. Like, remember back in, like, 2012-ish, where, like, there were all these, like, doom and gloom reports saying, like, oh, video game consoles are dead. It's all mobile from now on. Mobile is king. There's no way we can move back from here. We're past the point of no return. Mobile's the future. Mobile's everything. That is so not the case. They were so wrong. There's still people looking for the PS5 at work. I get asked a lot in person and on the phone. Yep. And uh, I'm pretty sure, isn't the uh, Xbox as well, isn't that also like completely sold out too? Yep. That's very hard to get as well. Yeah, so... And, And I mean, just look at the Nintendo Switch. Even the Nintendo Switch is hard to get. And that's an old system. So I would just say, you know, to all the haters, look, look at the results. Look at the numbers. Uh, Console gaming couldn't be stronger. It's literally as strong as it can possibly be because everything is sold out. I mean, apart from like base PlayStation 4 and PS4 Pro and Xbox One S and Xbox one x but yeah those are old nintendo switch is a weird situation but yeah this to me makes me very happy it's also very good for the future of game of games on uh playstation 5 and xbox series x because the number one thing that makes companies not want to make games for your system or let's say the reverse the number one things the number one thing that gets companies to make games for a particular system the number one thing that will stop companies from making uh cross-gen games and start making ex- uh, next-gen exclusive games the number one thing is install base and already we've got an install base of uh 2 million now it's going to be very hard to pry <laughs> game developers off of the install base that PlayStation 4 and Xbox One already have, to be fair. 
but sales like this is what accelerates us towards getting out of this generation that we're in and getting us to the next gen getting us to the playstation 5 and xbox series x generation so that's super awesome all right so now let's move on to our question segment our first question oh i got the wrong name our first question comes from alex troutman and he asks uh so i thought this question uh, i thought of this question recently while recommending the all-in-one package to a friend of her uh, to a friend for her kids what age do you think is best to start kingdom hearts we have the rating systems of different countries but that's different that's just based on questionable content usually i feel uh, i feel like you haven't answered this exact question before but i can't recall so what do you think, Cheryl? When do you think is the best age to start playing Kingdom Hearts? Uh, I mean, even though, well, let's take a look at the ratings. It's always rated E10. Yeah. So basically, you know, ages 10 and up. So, yeah. Do you, you think, know, 10. Do you think 10 is like really the, like the best? Well, do you think younger kids can't really appreciate it though? I think it still can because of the the Disney elements. I mean, yeah. I, I let my my uh, oldest nephew play it. He was six years, five or six years old when he started, and he really enjoyed it. Even though he he didn't understand the concept, yeah, of what was going on, but he enjoyed the element of running around with different Disney characters, especially Donald and Goofy. Yeah, but I yeah. think around around the age of ten, mm-hmm. you know, and above is when they start understanding what the concepts mean behind the story of kingdom hearts yeah I, I i agree with you i think yeah in terms of like uh i don't know like being appropriate for kids like I, I i don't think anything in kingdom hearts is really all that bad i think the esrb more or less is just like kind of like i don't know being safe because there is like some action in there and people hitting people with sticks or hitting them with swords pretty much so yeah, there's you know there's that scene of Riku stabbing Maleficent right in the yeah. heart with the keyblade and then you got you got like the dark elements of the heartless you know your heart's being taken and yeah all that but it's all like mostly just magical stuff and like yeah I don't I don't think any of it is all really that bad uh, but is. yeah kind of going off of what you were saying Churro about like um, being able to really understand the story and like really appreciate the story for what it really is about. I, I I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think probably from 10, you could, I think kingdom hearts one should be completely digestible for like a 10 year old. Yeah. I think so. once they move on to kingdom hearts two, maybe they should be a little older. Yeah. Because, uh, it gets story, complicated. The story gets complicated. Then you have to deal with the pirates and then, yeah, you know, you have to deal with the faster battle system, and you know. So, here's yeah, here's I, what I say. I I would say like maybe on a like if I gave a range, maybe on the low end, like eight. I was, gonna, I was gonna say seven. Yeah. Okay. So seven's fine. Yeah. I think around when I think when I was like seven or eight, that's when I played 
Pokemon for the first time. So that was like my first RPG. And I was able to figure it out. It was a little complicated, but I was like old enough that I could like talk to my friends and get help or look at a guide and maybe get some help. And I think having that kind of a struggle is good. I think like if you give Kingdom Hearts to an eight-year-old or let's say like a nine-year-old and they'll they'll probably struggle with it for a while and that's a good thing and it'll teach them to have some perseverance and by the time they're done they'll probably be old enough to move on in the series play things like chain of memories and two and stuff like that so that's kind of the nice thing is even if you start them a little younger kingdom hearts one is probably hard enough that by the time they're done with it they'll they'll be old enough for the next one and if they can't you know beat it they can always feel free to come back to it yeah they go to his comeback later exactly it took me a long time i remember um i started i was actually pretty old when i started playing uh final fantasy 10 i was like uh maybe 11 when i started playing final fantasy 10 it took me over a year to finish final fantasy 10 just because it was so hard for me i couldn't really understand the systems speaking of uh like final fantasy like i played final fantasy 12 when they came out and back then I was maybe early 20s. Yeah. But, like, I didn't understand the politics of Final Fantasy, what Final Fantasy XII was trying to accomplish. Like, Yeah, it was really I, high high concept. Yeah, I remember going around forums and talking to my friends back then. It's like, they understood what twelve was saying, but I'm like, I didn't get the politics. Now it's like, now that it's, you know, remastered and stuff, like, I'm planning on playing, going back to it and saying, oh, okay, that's what I understand about what yeah. they're trying to tell me. Man, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had that, pretty much that exact experience where I go back and play a game that I only had played when I was a kid and play it now, and it's like, oh, now I get what's going on. Like, yeah, I had so, no idea when I was a kid, but now I completely get it. Final Fantasy VIII was kind of like that with me, too. Yep, same, same. It's like so much stuff that you just, it, it goes right over your head when you're younger, and you just sort of like mash buttons through it, but now you like sit and like actually pay attention and try to listen to it, and okay, now it makes total sense. Yeah, I think that's that, that's pretty interesting. So yeah, I, 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 I'm with you, Churro. I think yeah, ten is probably a good baseline. It's probably when it would be like completely within the realm of possibility that they could totally understand Kingdom Hearts, and they might not be able to finish it right away. Like it might take them a while to finish it, but um, you know, if they take it little by little, they'll, they'll be able to do it. I, I think a ten year old could totally finish Kingdom Hearts, especially if they play on beginner. It shouldn't be a problem. I think maybe going on from there, it might be a little fast for like a 10 year old to be like going all the way to Kingdom Hearts 2. But I would say Kingdom Hearts 1, Chain of Memories, maybe is probably okay. And then, yeah, from then on, I guess like. <laughs> well, Chain of Memories is a lot of multitasking to deal with the cards. Yeah, that's really complicated. I, I think the Chain of Memories <laughs> is probably a brick wall for a lot of people. That's why they skip it and go to two. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then they have problems. All right, and uh, Chero, if you take this next question. This one's from Diamond Ratio, and they write, In 2020, Kingdom Hearts saw the releases of Dark Road, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, and Melody of Memory. 
How do you think this year's compared to other years of Kingdom Hearts content? Um, I think it was pretty good. Like, clearly we didn't get, like, a, a big full game out of this year, but we did get a lot of stuff. And then you have to also consider that this is the year that they, like, properly announced, like, the Phase 2 of Kingdom Hearts. So, um, the, the, this is a year where you know we're getting basically a lot of quote-unquote leftovers but then also a promise for big stuff in the future obviously it's going to take a while to get that stuff developed it takes time to make that stuff so it'll be a while but so it's a light year but it's a hopeful year that's how i describe it it's it's basically how uh, marvel does it you know how marvel announces all these movies and all these shows coming out yeah. telling fans to get ready for it that's pretty much what this year was yeah yeah for kingdom hearts like it was just saying hey this you know saga's done the xehanort saga's done and it's like well what's left for the future of kingdom hearts well here is you know like a, a roadmap that's not fully filled out yet but yeah it's like a concept we're working on for the next you know for the future it's kind of like how the marvel cinematic universe is right now like Everybody was hyped with, you know, Thanos being the main enemy, and now that his story arc is concluded, that's like, where does Marvel go from here? Like, well, they have their own roadmap now. They have to start over again and create mm-hmm. a big bad and for this next arc. So that's exactly what Kingdom Hearts is, is feeling right now. Exactly. So, yeah, I but think I it's... Still think, but honestly, I yeah. still think we're... We were spoiled this year. Despite Remind... You know, even even if we got just got remind this year, you know, we were lucky just to have something. You know, like yeah. S- the Square Enix didn't really have to drop Dark Road or uh, Melody of Memory. Hell, they they could just drop Remind and Dark Road, and I think we would have been satisfied. But yeah. you know, they went you know an extra you know the extra mile and dropped off Melody of Memory for us. Yeah, so we super we were, great. I mean, considering that sometimes we go years without any you know information yeah there's definitely been years in in the kingdom hearts you know the time we've been covering kingdom hearts you know i'm thinking years like 2011 where there was like i think all we got that year was like birth by sleep final mix Mm -hmm. and that's about it and like we knew dream drop distance was coming but like there really wasn't much going on and like 2014 was the same thing we yep 2014 all we had was like a one, like a, a minute teaser of Kingdom Hearts three with, you know, Z Young Z and Young Eric is talking about the Keyblade War, and then and we then got was, the announcement of them moving to Unreal Engine. Yep, and that was that was like that was an off year because of them moving, and then you know we all know what happened the following year. Yep, big stuff. Yeah, this is definitely it's like a it's a light year, but there's a lot of information that we wouldn't normally have. So I definitely appreciate the the information that we've been given. That way, it's not like as painful. We know that they're working on it. You know, there's definitely been years where it's like, you know, we don't know what they're working on, and you almost like assume the worst because it's like I'm not sure how good this is doing. Like. You know, there's definitely times during the PlayStation 3 generation where, you know, Final Fantasy 13 was having a lot of development struggles and, you know, the Versus 13 team gets shuffled around and taken over to the 13 team and, like, 
there's a lot of turmoil and tumultuousness at Square. So you like you don't hear anything about Kingdom Hearts, and it's almost like, uh oh, like in this case, no news might not be good news. Like sometimes no news is good news, and sometimes no news is bad news. And you you kind of worry about Kingdom Hearts sometimes, but in this case, it is absolutely not the case. Kingdom Hearts 3 sold better than any game in the series, and they're preparing for a future for Kingdom Hearts that is so much bigger than we've ever had. So obviously that takes time. So that this is the kind of uh, this is the kind of situation where no news is actually good news because we know they're coming off of a huge success with Kingdom Hearts 3. So they're moving on to the next phase where the success of Kingdom Hearts 3 is the new standard. So that's that's really awesome. And I'm I'm so glad that the thing that brought them so much success was a big budget console numbered Kingdom Hearts game. That's the thing that has kicked this all off. And it proves to them that we want, we still want big Kingdom Hearts games. Just like Kingdom Hearts 1, just like Kingdom Hearts 2. And, I'm and glad least, that that's the game that did it. And the nice thing is that Nomura understands what the fans want. It's, so it's yep. like... Like he, like even though he really sat down saying, "Hey, you know, twenty millennium memory was kind of like the last thing we were releasing for a while," but we do have big news in the twentieth anniversary. So Nomura knows that the nineteenth anniversary year, it's pretty much like it's pretty much an off year, pretty much. Yeah. So exactly you know, for them to rest up and can you know get some ideas going for it, you know, like I said, you know, then the twentieth anniversary you know year is going to be the one that kicks off you know a whole new thing of what expect from kingdom hearts and Lamar said that you know you'll be surprised at what we have to offer and it's like and re, and and Lamar's never really let us down when it comes to yeah the, hyping things up like that so you know it's like here you know here we are you know we just gotta have to wait it off and see what nowhere has planned and you know it's not only that it's not not just kingdom hearts games but the possibility of stretching it out with me possibly maybe a tv show yep you know, so Nomura, Nomura likes to dip his hands into everything. You know, he was doing um, figures, you know. Now it's coming down to maybe his own, maybe creating a Kingdom Hearts shelf, finally. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of shows just announced for uh, Disney Plus, so there's definitely a lot of uh, room for that stuff. So can't wait to see what uh, happens there. So yeah, I think I think we're in a really good place, and I would say, uh, is it you know is it as good as a year where a numbered Kingdom Hearts title comes out? No, but is it as bad as some of the other years like back in the you know PlayStation Three era? Like I don't know, you, you could take a random year like I don't know two thousand eight, <laughs> two thousand seven, where there's really not that much, and you know not that much news, you know. It's not it's not really anything like that. This is the kind of year where it's uh you know sometimes you know there, there's inhale and there's exhale. If exhale is releasing games, inhale is uh making games, we're in the making games part of, of the cycle. We're inhaling now. So, you know, j- just wait. It won't be too bad. Next year, yeah, it's going to be it'll be light. But I I wouldn't be surprised if there's something like, you know, something smaller. Like, 
I don't know how you you feel about Churro, but I kind of feel like I wouldn't be surprised if next year, you know, the thing they release for Kingdom Hearts, apart from, you know, Dark Road and, uh, you know, uh, stuff for Union Cross, uh, I could see like maybe a PS5 release of, you know, 1.5, 2.5. It seems like kind of like a good opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, possibly like a PS5 release of uh, Melody Memory, maybe Xbox One as well or xbox series uh i guess that's what they call xbox series xns so i kind of see like maybe there's a chance for you know those kinds of smaller things but other than that i don't expect much for next year so yep neither do i and it's like you know what that's okay because there'll probably be more square Enix games coming out you know yeah there's maybe final fantasy 16 is coming out yeah Man, that's really exciting. All right, so that's uh yeah, uh we have one more question. So this is a big one, so I'm I'm just going to sort of uh summarize this and and you can uh, answer it, Churro. Uh this one comes from Uncle Broski and uh they're a big fan and they've recently pledged to the Patreon, so thank you very thank much. You. Thank you so much. And uh he just wanted to mention that he's got a theory. Uh basically he was walki- watching a show called Vikings. And on that show, there was a, um, there was like an old Norse slash Celtic game that was played on there that kind of reminds him of the, uh, the game that was played, uh, or the game that, uh, young Xanor and Ericus described of, uh, at the end of, uh, Kingdom Hearts three in the epilogue. So he basically says, uh, I thought from watching the show Vikings, uh, throughout the show, they play a board game and I wondered what it was in season four, episode four, they finally said the name. And so I had to look it up. The objective is to capture the king like in chess, except the king starts surrounded by their army in the center and in the center and the person catching it has six pieces uh, on the four sides for a total of 24. Of course, Square Enix modified that with a fantasy aspect. And, uh, but considering this is a traditional Norse and Celtic game and they, uh, and that they, and they have Nordic Nordic mythology and dark road. Uh, I see the connection. So I, I guess he's just wondering if we see there being a connection. So this game is called uh, Hneftalf, and the short name for it is just called Tolf. Interesting. So, um, I've heard of Vikings, but I've never seen it. So yeah. I would have to actually do some research on this game to see if your theory, you know, about Namor taking, you know, Nordic mythology and spinning around for Dark Road, and then unfortunately, it, I really don't, I this really, I, unfortunately, I can't really say much about it, because I've never seen the show. Yeah. So. I guess, it, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, at the very least, it makes sense that like, um, you know, clearly, there's a lot of influence of you know, Norse mythology with, uh, you know, Dark Road. There, there's clearly a lot of that going on there. So I personally wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, it, it was based on that sort of thing. Yeah. I could also see, to be honest, it could literally just be like, uh, 
just a coincidence. Could be a coincidence, like I was gonna, like you were gonna mention, because like, because there has to be a reason why. Zay, young Zaynor and young Ericus are playing chess in the first place. Like we still yeah. haven't figured out why they're playing chess. It's you know, we it's obviously comes to a point during probably during Dark Road, you know. Mm-hmm. So and plus, you know, with Dark Road introducing all these characters, you know, and then we all saw in in the one of the chapters that they mysteriously all passed on, but we don't know why yet, and then we just got introduced to one of the characters they've been looking for. So, you know, it's kind of hard it's kind of hard to tell right now since Dark Road is still in the beginning stages. Yeah. You know, and then we we barely lo- know anything about the reason for the chess game and and then the what the new game with between your Ericus and Xehanort is going to be. So it's like it's it's a nice little you know, thing to bring up because it is bringing in something new, but probably after this podcast I will probably do some research on the game you mentioned and see if I can too connect the dots between it, but other than that, it's it's good to see that you know theories like this are coming out. It reminds me of the old days with the Ansem report and yep. people making these you know theories of you know things that are far out there, but sometimes it makes sense enough to be that close. Yeah, I think I think there's uh, I think there's definitely some uh, interesting implications from your theory. I think there's definitely a possibility that. You know, Nomura was looking into other kinds of board games at the time when he was, uh, you know, looking for inspiration. And clearly, you know, there's some interest in, in him for Norse mythology at this point. And I'm kind of interested to see if there is some kind of connection. I think there it is interesting. I've never heard of any other game where it starts with uh, any other, you know, chess type game where it starts with a surrounded king. That seems like kind of a, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that functions, but I'm sure, you know, if we were to look into Tulf, maybe uh, we could see how that, those rules play out. But that is an interesting connection. I can't think of any other game that I've, uh, of like, you know, there's like uh, Chinese checkers and checkers and uh, Shogi and Go, all those kinds of games that are kind of like similarly played on a board that are like really ancient. Like, I can't really think of any other where there's, like, a main piece, like a king, where that's in the center. So, I, I think, I, I don't know, at least with the way it was set up in um, in in the epilogue, if I remember correctly, it was literally, like, one piece kind of by itself with nothing behind it, and then all the other pieces in front of it. Yeah, I think that's how it was. So uh, at the very least, like if if there was some sort of inspiration from Tolf, I think it, it was probably just that, just inspiration. And f- beyond that, it's probably more just imagery based off of some imagery Nomura has for a future scene for maybe Kingdom Hearts, uh, K- Kingdom Hearts's future. So. Hard to say, but uh, very interesting. Glad, glad that you brought up that up because uh, otherwise, I don't think I would have ever heard of it. And you know, Cherry, you said you haven't seen the show, so yeah, me neither. So yeah, thank you for that. All right, so for our music episode, uh, music for this episode, we have a cover by Game Brass of all the music from Christmas Town. 
So it's a cover of uh, What a Surprise and Happy Holidays ca- called their uh, Kingdom Hearts Christmas Town Brass Quintet cover. Uh, this is some of my favorite music that I see. This is the kind of music that I hope uh, I'm pretty sure Yoko Shimomura will probably cover in her uh, advent calendar thing at some point. Cause this is music that she went back and made later, uh, after, you know, Kingdom Hearts two had already released. So, uh, and it's, it's some of my favorite in the series. It's got a really great Christmassy vibe. All right, so uh, anyway, our next episode is scheduled for the 5th of January. So yeah, we're taking a little bit of a break. So uh, um, yeah, if you don't see us, that's why. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what our schedule is, but if for whatever reason it changes, I'll uh, I'll let you know on Twitter, but I'm pretty sure we'll be releasing on 5th of January. Uh, As always, uh, you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KGUnion. And uh, please remember to support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions for the show, please send them to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl, we made it. We did. We did it. We met it. We had another show. There was news on it. I don't know if it was related to Kingdom Hearts or not, but it was on it. It was on our show. Hey, we talked about it. So We talked about it. It worked out, you know. It worked yeah, out. I mean, I mean, basically we're probably going to head into the new year with the very little Kingdom Hearts news anyway, so Yeah. Might so as well yeah. take what you can. Exactly. I say, you know, with this Kingdom Hearts year wrapping up with the regular year wrapping up too. You know, just take some time, relax, enjoy yourself. There's a lot of stuff that you could be doing. There's a lot of games you could be playing, a lot of games releasing. You know, there's a lot of other things you can do. So, while Kingdom Hearts is, you know, in I hesitate to say hiatus because like at least for the Kingdom Hearts team, it's the exact opposite of a hiatus. They're like making the next phase of the series so for them it's not a hiatus but for us it is uh i think now is a great time to explore your gaming interests or just other hobby interests or just life you know have some fun do some other stuff i know i am so churro is there anything that you're interested to explore now as far as gaming is concerned that uh, now that uh, you know next year Kingdom Hearts is going to be pretty light, is there anything that you're interested to look into? And I'm thinking more like not necessarily new games, but maybe some old games that you're interested in playing that maybe you never played before. Uh, probably. Well, Cyberpunk just came out, so I'm okay. just waiting for them to fix everything up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say that's on my list too. Yeah, but for anything, definitely. I mean, if you're talking about next year's game, definitely Resident Evil Village and. Final Fantasy 16. Yep. You know, we definitely can't wait for those. Uh, let's see. I need to go back and play a... I haven't bought a Spider-Man Miles Morales yet, so that's oh, a different yeah, one. Yeah, same. So, you know, my I still don't have any PS5 games because um, there wasn't that much out there. And I know people are like, well, what about Demon Souls? I'm like, well, I, those type of games are making me mad. 
Yeah, which is why I still exactly. haven't beat. I still haven't beaten the limit cut in Kingdom Hearts three because, yep, there you go. Exactly. Ugh. That's the thing is like I'm very interested in getting a PS five, but I'm also like I'm not exactly sure what I would play for it other than Miles Morales. Uh, I, I really like, like, anytime I see Demon Souls, it's like, oh, man, that game looks so beautiful. And I always hear people that love Demon Souls talking about how great it is. And then I, like, look into it further, and it's just like, oh, it's, <laughs> it looks like it's really hard, and I probably won't be able to beat it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard. Yeah, so, I don't know. Have, have you ever played any of the, the From Software games? No, I haven't. Yeah, me neither. I'm always <laughs> too afraid. That. Yeah, I, I heard that maybe, um, like, like Demon Souls might be like a good starting point in some ways. Like, apparently, there's ways to like really cheese Demon Souls. Like, you can make it super easy. Uh, but with Dark Souls, there isn't. There's like no way to like make it like way too easy. Like, you pretty much just have to get good. So, I've heard because of that, maybe Demon Souls might be okay. But it's, like, basically cheating at that point. So, I don't know. So, yeah, I think for me, like, I've kind of got, like, a a weird situation. Because, like, I I haven't been able to play a lot of games that I really want to play uh you know things like ghost of tsushima and obviously like cyberpunk and i want to play yeah spider-man miles morales like there's so many games like that that i want to play but i'm in a very critical part of my life right now where my current job is ending and i'm currently preparing for my next you know, phase of my life. I, I'm kind of like how Kingdom Hearts is right now. I'm in. I'm preparing for phase two. So there you go. I'm preparing for phase two of Brandon's life in Japan, and um, it's uh, don't expect a lot of uh, game playing out of me for the next year. <laughs> that's basically me. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, that's kind of where I've been at for the past year, maybe two years. There's like I still haven't even beaten uh, Death Stranding. Like that's that's how backed up I am. Like Death Stranding is on on hold. I never played Horizon, and I that's really want to play Horizon and Horizon Forbidden West. Like literally, the game that my uh, current art mentor worked on, I haven't really. I don't think I've ever played any of the games my mentor worked on. (laughs) And, uh, like, I I feel bad. I want to go back and play it. I'm sure I would love Horizon, and I know I will love Horizon Forbidden West, and I know I would love Deus Ex, but I just haven't had any time because I've been working on art. (laughs) So, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, I can get more work-life balance once I get my next job and, uh, yeah, be able to play more games. That's what I'm excited to do because it's, it's been so long. It's been so long since I've had, like, proper free time. But, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, everything. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Churl, let's say our goodbyes and holiday greetings and all that. All right, guys, thank you so much for, you know, sticking with us through 2020 you know it's weird things that happened this year uh 
you know, thank you so much as always for, you know, being a part of the, you know, listening to us and supporting us. Uh, We, I forever, thank you for that. Hope you guys have a good holiday. Have a good rest, you know, rest of 2020. We'll see you on the other side at 2021. So awesome. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, just to echo what Charo said. Yeah. This was a crazy year. Uh, it was definitely not easy, but we're, we're almost there. We're almost at the end. Uh, I, I know we don't get into too many, uh, current events, but good news is, uh, the U S finally passed at least one, uh, vaccine, uh, you know, through the FDA, uh, I'm hoping uh, we get those kinds of approvals here in Japan as well, so I can get the vaccine soon, and you guys can get the vaccine too. And yeah, let's all get vaccinated and uh, stop this stupid pandemic and go back to regular life. That would be great. Let's take some of the things that we learned from this experience and anything that's good about it. Let's keep doing that. Like I think in some cases you know, kind of like how Square Enix is doing. I think in a lot of cases, work from home is uh, a resounding yes for a lot of people. I think maybe for some jobs, they found out that work from home just doesn't work for them. And that's, that's totally fine. For some people, work from home just doesn't work for them, you know, personality related, possibly, but uh, that's totally understandable. And, uh, but I think, yeah, for many other people, work from home is great for many jobs that's a really great takeaway. And I think, yeah, this is a a, a great learning experience. Let's use this as a learning experience. I hope this was a great year for you, despite all of the difficulties. Um, I I feel like in times of, uh, you know, in low times like this, it's a great chance for personal development. And I hope, you know, you've been working hard on that. And if not, Next year is another year. You can you can do it then. There's never uh, a time that is too late to start uh, improving yourself. So I think uh, I think that's something we can all uh, uh, do better on. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank you all for your support this year. This year saw us have our 200th episode, which is super huge accomplishment yeah, because of uh, you guys made it happen. Yeah. And Churro, I'm pretty sure you've already hit like 10 years on the podcast. I forget when that would have been, but... I think it was September or October of this year. So yeah, I've been, okay. been part of Kingdom Hearts Union for 10 years. So also, well, first, before you know we go, I still got to give uh, Daryl and Lauren a big thank you for... Oh yeah, for sure. You know, allow me to be on their show for the past 10 years. I'm forever grateful for that. So thank you guys so much for that. Yeah, same for me. And uh, yeah, uh, next year, uh, I think for me it would be in May. I think uh, by May, that'll be my 10th year on the show. So yeah, it's it's getting there. We're getting old, Churro. Yep, I'm really old, so welcome to my world. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So uh, yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything. So yeah, uh, I just want to say happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I hope the the next year treats you better than this one did. I think, <laughs> I hate to say it, but how could it be any worse than what happened this year? Famous last words. But uh, yeah, uh, let's, let's all do better next year. And 
learn what we could learn what we can from what happened this year all right so yeah i think that's all i'm brandon saying goodbye this has been a kingdomheartsunion.com production <laughs>